We are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Tesvav, Pasuk Yudzalit, Bahabamos Lo Saru. It is the beginning of the second week of our podcast, which is going quite successfully, and for that we thank our studio engineer, Danny Agus, as well as the support and encouragement of the Gavur Shul, located in the heart of the financial district of New York City. So I'm going back to your dollar because what we had said was uh, that Asa, who rules Yehuda for 41 years, is kind of a throwback to the great Malachim uh, of the past. He was an extremely righteous man. What he did was get rid of all the um, Avodah He brought the people back to Torah, back to the Beis HaMikdash, back to a love of the Kaddish Baruch Hu and Mitzvos. He was a wonderful, wonderful king. There is one omission. <clears throat> and it begins in your Yudalad. Bahabamos lo saru. He did not remove the bamos. So let's talk about that for a minute. As we've learned that in the period where there was no Mishkan, like after the destruction of Shiloh, until there was the bias Rishon, an individual Jew could sacrifice on his own private bama. Um, you could have it as they did in their backyard, on their roofs. You were permitted to bring the korbanos on private bummos. Once the Beis HaMikdash was instituted, you could not. It was Asur. And yet, for some reason, Asa, in his beautiful zeal for the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and his bringing back the united Yehuda, failed to take the bummos down, or to order that the private bummos be omitted. And the question is why? And the Mephashim really do cut him some slack here, because what they say is that, remember, those bummos, most of them, were created in a time of heter, of permissibility, between the destruction of Shiloh and the Binyan Bias Rishon. And so therefore, if they were conducted and in the permissibility era, they could still be used. People would still use them. Two, the fact that they're going or now are blocked from going to Yerushalayim, to the Beis Hamikdash, the entire northern kingdom of the ten tribes, you could argue, as they did, that isn't it better that at least they have some form of expression of legitimate worship in those old bamos? Or three, and the Mephoshim say this, they might have just been too lazy to do it. But whatever it was, this was a critical omission. And so we say, you don't have bamos lo saru, but, adds the Tanakh, rak levav asa hayasholim im Hashem kol the heart of Asa was righteous and with the Kaddish Baruch all his life, all his reign of 41 years. And he brought into, back into the temple uh, all the Kaddishim, all the money, the gold, the silver. Some say this was that had been captured by Egypt. Some say that they had hidden themselves in a now restored. Now, Milchamah Haisa ben Asa u ben Basha melech Yisrael kol yemehem. 
Now there was war all their days between Asa and Ben Basha. Basha, as you will recall, and we didn't spend much time on this, Basha was not the direct descendant of Yerubam. He took over the Malchus Beis Yisrael. He was from the tribe of Issachar, and he proceeded to kill every member of Yerubam's family. There's descendants of Yerubam, which fulfills, as we're going to see, the same prophecy, Achilah HaShiloni told Yerubam, every one of your family will be killed. And so now Basha is um, now reigning as king, and it would be nice to say that he's an improvement on Yerubam, but that would not be correct. So Vayal Basha Melech Yisrael al Yehuda by even as Harama. He con- not conquers, he invades part of Yehuda and he constructs there on the way to Yerushalayim, Harama it's called. Harama it's alternatively described as a giant fortification tower that would prevent you from getting there by force or a fortification, a huge fortification. To prevent people from going either to Regalim or going to Yehuda. And this answers a question I believe you asked the other day, see, that there was a huge group growing bigger apparently from Shevet Yisrael, the ten tribes, that wanted to get back into Yehuda, that wanted to visit the Beis Hamikdash, that wanted to rediscover the Beis Hamikdash, or even younger groups that wanted to discover for the first time what the Beis Hamikdash was. And he, Basha, did not want this. So he constructed a a tower and a fortification that would physically block them from entry. He took all the treasures. Now he does something that is a tragic mistake. We described his only omission is the bummos. This is a tragic mistake he makes. By Yitnam, he takes the gold in his servant's hands. Hadad. He sends all the gold and the silver to Hadad, the son of Tabrimon, the son of Chetion, the king of Aram, the enemy nation. They are headquartered in Damascus. And this is what he said to him. There is a covenant. We're not aware exactly of what it was, but there was a bris between you and I a treaty, and between your father and Uvain, my, my father. So now, Hine Sholachti Lecha Shochad. says it, I'm sending you a Shochad, which is a bribe, pure and simple. Keset, Bezahov, um, money, silver, gold. And what I'd like you to do is Lech Hofera Es Bisecha Es Basha Melech Yisrael Vayale Me'olai. Threatened by Basha, he tells him, all I want from you is neutrality. You have a covenant, a peace treaty with Basha. It may be mutual defense, but I want you to be neutral in any battle we have. The reason this is so terrible is because as we learned, or no, we did not learn in Divri Hayamin, 
he mounts a terrific, miraculously successful battle, Asa, against the Kushi, who had conquered parts of Mitzrayim, and therefore they got the gold back. It was a brilliant battle that you had to realize was Yad Hashem. And now, instead of relying on the bitachon of his own prowess, of the Kodesh Baruch Hu being with him, he goes to the king of Aram and begs him, just stay out of this, just keep neutral, do not come into the battle on the side of um, Basha. And because he does this, there is a grievous penalty to pay. We have said before that when the kingdom of the 10 tribes of Israel and the kingdom of Judea was split, the understanding the Kaddish Baruch Hu's intent was this only be of 36 years duration. Then it would revert again to the United Kingdom of B'nai Israel. Why 36 years? Because Shlomo ruled for 40. In the fourth year of his reign, he um, marries Basparo, the daughter of the Pharaoh. So there's 36 years that he is living with the Basparo in Shalim, and the Kaddish Baruch who finds that unacceptable. And so therefore, because Asa now in the 36th year of his reign is going into war, uh, begging the king of Aram to just stay out of this, Kaddish Baruch Hu is furious. And so all bets are off. It is not going to be a restoration of the entire kingdom of B'nai Israel at 36 years. Rather, it is going to be till the Yemei HaMashiach. So this is another example of a decision that so seems disproportionately consequential where it makes you wonder how, how, how do you how do you get it right? How does one achieve perfection? Yeah. All right, all right. It's a, it's a thought. Etc. But no, this is totally unacceptable. And we're going to see in Divri Hayamim tells the story that when the Navi came to him and said, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. You know you've got to have the bitachon that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to give Basha in your hands. Um, he arrests the Navi. Very interestingly, he puts the Navi in prison, uh, Asa. So we see, you know, Asa made one mistake. He makes more than one mistake. And this is a grievous one, and there's going to be yet another. We'll come back to that. So he gives it to Melech. Uh, Aram, and then he says, uh, just stay out of it, by Yishma ben Hadad, ben Hadad, here's El HaMelech Asa, and he see, it seems to have been very contrived that ba Asa seems to know he's not just going to stay neutral, he can, he's just going to come in on his side. By Yishlach, he sends his troops again. Basha, by Yach, as Aron, as Dun, as Ovel, as Macha, as Kokina wrote, I'll call Eretz Naphtali. And he conquers the tribe of Dun, the tribe of Naphtali, um, all those towns in Eretz Yisrael, defeating Basha. He stops building those fortifications. He goes back to his 
principal capital of Tirzah. And now he's about Asa to make his third huge mistake. He now recruits, conscripts his entire people, a Nuki, including Nuki. Nuki, Rashi explains, is Afilu Chasan Bechedro. We know that the Chasan in the first week of his marriage has a very privileged status. He's not called to war. First year, I'm sorry, he's not called to war. He doesn't have to go out to do this. He doesn't have to farm fields. He conscripts down to the Enochi, the Chassan. And we're going to even see he goes beyond this. He empties the yeshivas and the kailalim of all Tamidei Chachamim that they should help in cleaning up the mess uh, at um, uh, Ramo, uh, at the um, where the tower was. And what he does is they're doing rubble. They're cleaning rubble. Um, but yes, they're called and uh, what he does, he in return he builds his own city, Geba Binyamin Bes Mitzvah. So this is a thing what he did was take people which to do nothing which looks like other than count, you know, clearing the stones and the rubble from a destroyed tower. And he is going to be punished. We're getting to his punishment. Uh, and we will Take from the Gemara of Sota, Per Yud Amit Aleph. Asa. Asa is going to be punished with a terrible disease of his legs. Um, it would be what we determine what we would call today medically gout. And the reason is, it's midah keneged midah. Shaloh heviyas raglayim lemilchama. Because he wasn't confident enough to lead his troops, his legs, into war. He is punished with his legs. So, Dorash Rava, Rava, I'm quoting from Tafyur Amunalam. Mitnei manen ashasa. Why was Asa punished? Mitnei sha'asa anagra betamidei chachamim. Because he pressed Torah scholars into the service of the king. He called all of Yehuda together. No one was exempt. Well, not even as Rafi explained, not he refers to Chassanin. Omaye Naki, if you know what he's tell us, said, I'm not like Yehuda, I'm a Rav. Afil Chassani Chedra. Even a groom from his gear of exemption. And a bride from her academy, and as the fortune, he certainly took Torah scholars as well. So he's going to pay for that. Everything he's done, all the incidents of his life, for the sixth time we have seen that Pasuk, Halo, Hamok, Suvim, Al Sefer, Divrei Hayamin, Lamacha Yehuda. You want historical detail? Go to Divrei Hayamin. We're here to give the Nevius of the time, the prophecy. Rakla Asik Naso, Chala Es Ragla. Only in his old age he had a malady in his feet. 
Vayashkev Asher Novosav, he rests with his fathers. Vayikaverim Avosav, Vayir David Aviv, he is buried in Yerushalayim. And now Vayimloch Yehoshaphat Beno Tachta. His son Yehoshaphat reigns in his stead. So now we're going to do what we've been doing for the last parak or two. We're going to go back and forth from Malka Yehuda to Malka Yisrael. Even though it's parallel history, we're going to review what was going on in Bnei Yisrael at the time Asa was reigning. Benadav ben Yeruvah, Malach Yisrael. Nadav, we saw, took over from Yeruvah, Bishnah Shtayim, La'asa, Melech Yehuda in the second year of Asa's 41 reign, 41 year, by Yimloch at Yisrael Shnatayim. He only rules for two years. He continues the evil ways of Yeravam ben Nevat, his um, father. He just continues the sins of his own, plus that which he leads B'nai Israel into. So now Basha, a total outsider, comes. Basha, the Gibasan, he beats a a destructive battle in Gibasan, which is in the land Asher Leplishtim. They are all conquered in uh, Gibson. In third year of Asa's reign, Basha has killed all of, of Yeruvam's family. As we said, he has destroyed the house of Yeruvam. He doesn't leave a family member survive. Which is verbatim the prophecy that Achia Shiloni spoke to Yeruvam. For what he did, and remember that phrase, what we will never forgive Yeruvam for is just Machti es Harabim. He took so many with him. The anger that he caused. The Yeser Dibre again, seventh time. The Yeser Dibre Nodav, Bechol Asher Osa, Halohim, Ksuvim Asefer Dibre Hayamim, the Malcha Yisrael. Again, you want historical detail of the era, go to Dibre Hayamim. Umilchama Hoysa Ben Asa, Ubein Basha, we had this, Melech Yisrael, Kol Yemehem. But in the it lasts forever, but in this at least Yehuda remains triumphant. We're not happy about the way he achieved it, but he has now um, defeated the constant wars between Yisrael and Yehuda. And just when you think things are about to get better, you could not be more mistaken. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. I'd come. Okay.